Welcome to Day Beautiful. I'm Adam Vitcavage, and this is a podcast where you can discover debut authors. If you like what you hear here, check us out on the web at daybeautiful.net and on all social media at Day Beautiful. Today's guest has had her short fiction appear in Story Quarterly, the Indiana Review, Columbia Journal of Literature and Art. She has been honored and supported by many foundations like Yaddo, the U-Cross Foundation, Lighthouse Works, the VCCA, the Vermont Studio Center, among others. She is currently the editor at Electric Literature and was recently just named a 5 Under 35 honoree by the National Book Foundation. I'm, of course, talking about Alyssa Sangsirde. Hey, Alyssa. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. And you were recording this right after something amazing happened in your life. You were just named one of the National Book Foundation's 5 Under 35. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I still can't really believe it. It's <laughs> kind of like it's it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any? Did you have any sense this was coming? Like, how in advance were you tipped off about this, or is it kind of like they don't tell you at all? Oh no, they they told me okay. um, two weeks before. Uh, they actually called me when I I had co- I had COVID. I oh, just wow. found out that I had COVID <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> so I was. Um, I was like sick and I was just like, is this voicemail real? Is this a delusion? I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> oh, amazing. Wow. Well, congratulations. It's so exciting. And Julia yeah. Phillips was the one that nominated you and she's amazing. I interviewed her back when her book came out a few years ago and just, I love to see like oh, wow. the connections unfold. Yeah. Amazing. I love her, her book. So it's I was so just good. like completely floored. Yeah. yeah. Was very honored. And, and now you have this pre- prestigious, um, in award, I guess, and your book's not out yet, but it will be by the time the podcast comes out. Little Rabbit. Um, tell readers a little bit what it's about. Uh, so Little Rabbit is um, a first-person novel about uh, a woman who's in her early 30s who uh, ends up in this really kind of intense sexual relationship with an older man, with an older mm-hmm. choreographer that she had met um, at a residency. And then they kind of reconnect a year after and she lives in Boston and he lives in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of exploring this, the dynamics, uh, the power and sexual dynamics of their relationship and also her relationships with the other people in her life, uh, particularly her, her roommate and her best friend. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting about this book, especially was just like how sex was written about and how you approached it. Was that, was, was sex and sexuality always something that you've written about or did that kind of just come into fruition for this novel? Um, it was not something I had always written about. I, I had briefly moonlighted as like a, a, a editor at erotic, an erotica ebook company. Mm. Um, so I had a lot of experience like editing sex scenes but like, I think in my own writing life, you know, I'd inherited a lot of like the um, maxims you get in workshop about like, don't write about sex or mm-hmm. um, whatever. Uh, and then when I started working on this book, I, I wanted to go very much like against those as much as possible um, and to kind of bring all the my experience I had editing to writing these scenes and to go further than um, the kind of workshop instructor in my head would have wanted me to. What makes like a good sex scene. Cause like there's infamously like the bad sex award. I can't think of an actual yeah. title, but you know what I'm talking about? Um, what, what, what makes it work in not in your novel, but like all other works as well. Well, it's hard to say. It's, I can't really say like yeah. a broad maxim because it just really depends on the scene and what the characters need. Um, mm. I think kind of an important thing to remember when like writing sex scenes is that, you know, we bring, 
uh, kind of received notions to sex, the way we bring received notions to anything. And, you know, when you bring received notions to like a conversation, it can come out really cliched, just like if you bring received notions to a sex scene, it comes out really cliched. And I think mm-hmm. we're a lot more practiced at um, undoing though that kind of training when we're writing about uh, like say like a dinner party, but we're less practiced doing that with sex. And that's where I think the kind of reputation for like sex is a hard thing to write comes mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and going back for Little Rabbit, um, I just wanna make sure I cover like your writing history. Um, how, did you, how did you get into writing? Cause I know like you're, you're currently, you're recently the managing editor at Electric Lit and now you have this book out and the, the literary scene is just wild, but how did, how did you get to where you are now? Uh, well, it's been a weird path, yeah. I guess, for me. <laughs> um, I mean, I knew, always knew I wanted to be a writer. Um, I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, mm. which is in, um, people tend to be surprised because I'm, I'm Asian American also. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so like, I was always like aware of the Iowa Writers Workshop. It's kind of, mm. you know, yeah it's a a big looming force in the state um and uh so I wrote as a teenager all the time went to college took writing workshops as an undergrad too um and then I sort of you know I went I had got an MFA from Temple um and then I was kind of a little little bit lost for a few years I was adjuncting Mm-hmm. Um, which like was very, very depleting if, you know, if anyone adjuncts, you know, <laughs> just how hard it is <laughs> and how brutal it can be. Um, and I also just had these ideas about like what I needed to do to be like a, like big air quotes, like really serious writer, just like these really unhealthy ideas that weren't helping me at all. And that were forcing me to kind of work actually against what I what my strengths were and what I wanted to do like um and I kind of make fun of it in the novel a little bit um you know yeah. she is really interested in like writing about capitalism and she <laughs> writes this like weird experimental novel um and I thought like that's what I had to do to be like a really serious writer and so I was producing a lot of stuff that just wasn't very uh good and wasn't mm. my heart wasn't really in it for um a lot of it um and I didn't have a lot going on <laughs> to be like writing writing wise um you know I always had writing friends and people that I shared work with um but it wasn't really until I it wasn't really until the beginning of the pandemic and to back up a little bit I did start going to residencies at one mm-hmm. point after I quit adjuncting because I realized I was losing my mind yeah. and um started doing freelance work which is bizarrely more lucrative is that where you oh yeah is that where you like moonlit as a erotica editor during that time yeah exactly and also that was like one of my weird mini gigs and I also like did things like I wrote like quizzes for children's books and like (laughs) I also like like worked for this educational news company for a while um yeah definitely yeah and um and then started like doing, I did a couple of residencies and that also really kind of helped me get mm-hmm. a sense of myself as a writer. Um, but it wasn't until really, um, and then I had a couple short stories come out, but it wasn't until the pandemic happened actually, because I was working for this educational news company and like they, they cut production when the schools all closed. Um, sure. So yeah, so I ended up like <laughs> having to go on unemployment for a little bit because um all my work dried up and like then suddenly I just like had all of this 
time. And so I, suddenly I was able to like, you know, and the world was sort of over, like there wasn't anything to do and mm-hmm. all, all these, I like things that were making me anxious or were kind of getting in my way of what I wanted to write sort of fell away. Um, mm-hmm. And I was able to just sort of like put those aside and like move into the book and like really write the book. And weirdly, I think everything kind of came from that. Like I, I like I'd been a volunteer editor, a volunteer editor in chief at a literary magazine before. Um, but then like for even just the process of writing this book kind of gave me the courage to like apply for my job at electric literature mm-hmm. and to start working there. And um, it really changed my life to be able to do, to have the time to do this. Definitely. So like little rabbit was written during the pandemic, but had you like started, had you had the ideas before like March, 2020? Yeah, I yeah. had the ideas before. Like, I got the idea, I think, in the fall um, mm. after I, I went to this residency, uh, not the residency from the book and not the choreographer sure. from the book, but no one believes me, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even going to uh, ask. I just assumed it wasn't. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then I, like, I met a choreographer there who like had dancers with him and he was mm-hmm. making new movement with them. And I had never really seen dance up close before. And so mm. I was fascinated with that. Um, and I'd always wanted to write a, like in the back of my mind, even as I was going through my like struggling writing about capitalism years, I had this idea in the back of my mind that I want to write a book where like a woman lusts after a man and doesn't like destroy her life. It's not like married to tragedy or trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after I met the dancers, I saw like a kind of way into writing about that um because I'm very interested in writing about the body and about mm-hmm. movement and um and I felt like writing about sex and writing about dance were interesting ways for me to get into that yeah definitely and um I always find that fascinating when like obviously writers pull from like real life experience in some way and yours and and people always want to ask like oh was this the workshop oh was this the choreographer like is everything based off this it's like no I just had an idea you know it's like something I'm interested (laughs) in writing about um speaking of like writing about the body and and sex um I think like I saw there's a comp to Garth Greenwell and then I know Melissa Phoebos um blurbed your book who she also writes about sex in the body right Uh, she's fabulous yeah amazing um did you read a lot of authors like that who are writing about like sex in the body like kind of not necessarily who inspired you but like who do you find interesting doing what like you did in a little rabbit yes definitely I mean it was always a key interest of mine like Mm -hmm. as as soon as I see like something that is in engaging with embodiment in that way then I just want to read it it wasn't even like research it was just like oh this is just what yeah. I, I'm really excited about and want to read like I love cleanness mm-hmm. um I love Melissa Phoebus's work um Luster uh which mm-hmm. I had already written a draft of this book when Luster came out but I also love that book too I think it's yeah fantastic. yeah yeah Raven's book is so good um yeah and I'm just even like earlier before we started talking I was just looking at like who blurbs I'm always interested in just who blurbs and it's that's a whole nother side of the business and it's but it's like you know it's like a who's who of 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 hot current writers and you live in Philly now and I think a lot of them kind of have ties to Philly in some way um how's how's important how important is like the writing community to you like either virtually in Philly, like what does that do for you? Um, like shaping your work and like maybe not shaping your work. I mean, it is really important to me. It's 
you know, writing is like a really lonely activity. Mm -hmm. So just getting to know that there are people out there who want to do this lonely activity too <laughs> is um, just helps you kind of stay grounded and stay sane a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, more importantly, not just like writers, but people who are big readers to be around yeah. people who love books as much as you is really um, enriching to me and important. Um, Definitely. I like do. I know you did residencies, which is obviously different than workshops. Or do you workshop a lot with fellow writers, or how insular is your work while you're doing it? I don't. Oh, sorry. No worries. Um, I I don't really workshop um, my writing with other writers. Um, not not like in a group setting. Like mm -hmm. I'll send a I'll send it to one friend, and sure. I'll get their reactions individually. Um, I kind of realized at some point that um, the kind of group scenario, I was finding it less helpful because, you know, when you're, when you're talking about writing in a group, there's always this sort of hope that you're, you're trying to come to a consensus about mm -hmm. something. At least that's how it was in my experience. And I found it really interesting just to give it to one person and have them react to it in kind of like a vacuum mm -hmm. and to get people's different reactions when they aren't hearing what other people are saying about it. Um, I found yeah. it to be really helpful. Um, and that's kind of how people end up reading, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Although maybe less so with online. I don't know. I try to, I try to avoid. Oh, the internet's the, internet's the worst place <laughs> in the world. Um, I mean, I live on it, but it's the worst place. Um, I'm just going to kind of go down this rabbit hole of like this idea of like readers. Do you, do you ask readers for any specific thing to look for? Or are you just giving it to them blindly? If I have questions going in, I will like ask them those questions. Um, I do like to give it blind as much as I can, but mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's always like things that I'm like, oh, I'm worried about this, but I, I worry, I, I don't want to do that because I feel like it, you know, it influences sure. everything is delicate, delicate machine. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I just find it interesting because like you said, it's insular and <clears throat> so many different writers approach things differently. And it, it is fascinating to me. You know, I was talking to another writer who very much values like the group workshop and and you don't necessarily and and some people don't even send it to their writer friends until it's like the second or third draft. So that's just always yeah. fascinating to me. Um, but as Little Rabbit progressed, as the pandemic kind of pushed forward, what was the most difficult part for you to figure out for Little Rabbit? Like, did it come naturally or did you have to work, work a lot to to make everything in it work? Um, everything between the narrator and the choreographer came fairly quickly. Mm. Um, not, not necessarily easily, but like I, sure. the shape of it, uh, became pretty clear to me, although like things changed as I was going through, um, everything outside of her life was a little, took a little bit more work or came a little bit more slowly. Mm. Um, actually in, a, in an initial draft, there wasn't even the roommate friend character mm. in it. Um, who was actually such like an important part of the novel at the end. Um, but I, I'd given it to like a good friend who um, was one of my key readers and he gave me the feedback of like, you need, you know, it's, it's less clear what's at stake for her. Um, like you need to show her kind of community a little bit more. And that, that kind of inspired me to bring in the friend character and to bring in uh, all the, like more of her college friends, more of her mm -hmm. life at, in Boston. Definitely. And one thing we, we talked about writing sex and in, in about the body and it's very important. Um, were those things you had to rework at all? Or like once like editors and agents got involved, were there a lot of notes on that? Or was that kind of like set and not set in stone, but like pretty much 
where it's at now? Like, do those, were those kind of always there? Those kind of like when they find when they came out, they were there was not like a ton of tinkering with them from other from my editor, or from my agent. Mm-hmm. Actually, those. Um, I mean, I did a lot of so my drafting process is a little intense, which is that I write everything by hand oh, at okay. first, um, yeah. and then I type it up. So obviously, like a lot of tinkering happens in the like typing it up stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like once it got to the point where I was like showing my agent and showing my editor that those scenes did not change a lot. It was more the scenes with um, her, like the friend Annie that I like really went in and redid um, once I had, once I had been acquired by Bloomsbury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always fascinated. Like one, once things are acquired, like how, what is changed and why? Um, because I mean, as you probably know, like writing is the art and publishing is a business. So there's always, things that are tweaked for X, Y, or Z. And it's always interesting to me. I didn't know, you know, if whatever, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's always (laughs) interesting to me. (laughs) Um, Well, well, it's interesting. I I mean, I say like, I worked really hard on those friend scenes, but like nothing that like, again, none of the, what nothing, none of the concrete actions mm -hmm. changed between them. It was literally just like the dialogue is the meaning of the dialogue is all the same. Their actions are the same, but it's interesting just like the way that even like a few actions has kind of changed the whole tone of what's going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. when you're reading I mean, or and writing what do you what do you look for what interests you in general i'm other than the, the body like like tone pace like like the nitty-gritty what really interests you um i'm a sucker for atmosphere mm. i like i love like a really um dense juicy atmosphere but in like short stories or in novels um mm-hmm. pacing also you know it's yeah. um i love i love it when things happen in <laughs> fiction <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is actually when i was in my 20s i i didn't like it when things happened i read a lot of things with books where things didn't happen so it's interesting yeah. that my taste is my taste change i think that's also just a factor of the pandemic where yeah. i'm like you know nothing's happening in my life so <laughs> in um, my imagination I want things to happen (laughs) yeah I'm so obsessed with pace I think especially since the pandemic started and whether things happen or don't happen I want to feel like I want to be able to breathe and like that's super important in literature yeah yeah pace is yeah I think the pandemic now that you mentioned it that's it's really changed my reading habits and a lot of people think day beautiful has like always reading debuts always like trying to stay on the hustle but I was like I think the pandemic changed shaped me more than anything um, I think it shaped all of us more than anything, but yeah. Yeah. I think I have a lot less patience than I used to, yeah. um, since before the pandemic. And I, I mean, I, I know I have much less attention. Um, like my attention span is just a real yeah. slog and struggle, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's going to always, I, hopefully it's not going to always be like that. Oh, geez. Um, no, I hope, yeah, I think we'll get back to our, yeah, our brains will get back to normal. I don't know if life will. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm hoping for, at least. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> and then I saw you tweet out, I think recently, Ling Ma has a new short story collection coming out. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you seem very excited about her, her, that work. But what else kind of have you read recently or that's on the radar that you're excited for? Um, this book has been on my like to be read pile for a little bit, but I'm excited about Post Traumatic by Sean Paul mm. V. Johnson. Yeah. Um, that that book looks great. I'm really excited about it. Um, let's see, I am reading right now. I'm reading the 
Archer by Shruti Swami, which is also like a dance body mm. book, which is really good, which is fantastic. Um, it's funny because I also read for work a lot. Yeah, so sometimes. Yeah. So oh, I like haven't my... even talked about that. I'm going to interrupt you and just talk about work for electric literature and things like that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I love electric I literature. Talk... I've done a lot of interviews for them. Not so much since Stay Beautiful, but just talk about electric literature. Talk about your work there and what it looks like. Uh, so I'm the managing editor, so I do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a big part of what I do is like the grants management um, mm-hmm. and doing like sponsorships and ad swaps and marketing stuff. And oh, then also I read um, the serial excerpts for recommended reading, the mm-hmm. fiction um, vertical. Um, so like I'm also getting like a lot of like what's about to come out yes. arcs. And so sometimes it gets like very fuzzy in my head what like, month is it what book is coming out when <laughs> i don't understand time anymore i recommended a book recently it comes out like in august and i was like i thought it was yeah. already out to be honest because i had read it like months ago yeah so it's funny that's like oh my book is coming out in may but like aren't but like aren't we in august now mm-hmm. i don't understand understand <laughs> because yeah. that's like where my brain is mentally <laughs> yeah that's and then, yeah. But then going back to reading though like um anything in the future that you kind of peaked at that looks interesting like any arcs um i just got this arc of this french novel called yoga that looks mm. interesting uh, it's a translation of a of the novel um trying to think through yeah like i'm um, with you it's always so hard to even know like what what's going on anymore with yeah. with books <laughs> oh a book that just came out but that i got confused about when it was coming out because i read it before yeah. Uh, Karen Balin's um, Friend of the Scapegoat by mm. the Dorothy. I love Dorothy Project. Um, I think they're a great little publisher. Um, let me think. I you know it's, it's funny because like if I'm just like talking to a friend, I have like a thousand book recommendations. But as soon as someone asks me, yep. what are you reading or what do you love? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. That's, why it's in, that's where I'm at. It's just like <laughs> in pop. If you ask me right now, I'm like, I would just have to look at what's near me. And there's yeah. like nothing near. Me. I just moved and I have like no books in front of me, which is really <laughs> weird. They're all behind me or in a different room. Um, well, yeah, I'm no like, pressure. It's always just one of those things. I, I, I'm glad you, we, we like went through this struggle because so many people, you're right. It's just like people expect authors or, or writers to just have like the list of like 10 books they're going to recommend at all times. And I know I do that to people, but uh, well, it's I, so hard. I, I want to, I should prepare more. Um, now I'm looking at what's around me. Oh, there's a short story collection that's actually really um, interesting. This anthology, Anonymous Sex, mm. that um, a friend recommended to me. That it's like all these like great writers, but they have submitted short stories and on like, about sex anonymously. Or mm. so you, you see who's in the collection, but you don't. They're not attributed. Um, the idea that they they'll be a little bit freer to to write if they know their name is not going to be attached to it. So I'm excited yeah. about that. Thank you so much to Alyssa for joining the podcast today. Uh, you can find her at her website, alyssasongsirde.com. She's also on Twitter at Anarant. I'm just going to spell it. Actually, it's A-N-A-R-A-S-O-N-G. Um, and again, her website is alyssasongsirde. You can find us at daybeautiful.net and on all social media at daybeautiful. As always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful, and you're all beautiful. Beautiful.